Podcast. I am one of the few people who think the Patriots are actually going to be really good this year. Let's go! Oh, God. It's me. It's Kevin Wilder. Shocker! Surprise! All right, welcome in to another episode of the R. Bill Simmons podcast, a part two. Pat McAfee news went all across the nation. I had to record an episode and got a lot of great feedback. People really liked this one. They liked the instant reaction, connecting it to Bill Simmons, a variety of previous personalities at ESPN, and ultimately this Pat McAfee versus Norby Williamson, it stems from what ESPN is today in 2023 as opposed to what it was three, five, seven, ten years ago when Bill Simmons did Grantland, for example, and when he was suspended and then ultimately let go. So appreciate all the feedback. If you guys want to listen to that, do episode 56. This is the part two to that because – a lot of stuff happened this weekend and today after I recorded. And so I'm just going to dive right in. And so I'm picking up right where I left off in episode 56. So what happens today? Pat McAfee, his show begins. He does. So first of all, he's back at a show. And what we have to analyze here is no suspension. Statement from ESPN over the weekend that Norby Williamson, who is the executive that was called out, he's no one's more committed to the future of ESPN than Norby. But then second, ESPN is loving Pat McAfee and they remain committed to him, paraphrasing that. And that was huge because that initially meant there was no suspension. And we can think back to what Bill Simmons had to go through. Bill Simmons got suspended for doing a lot less back in the day. So you think about the, the various power centers and how that's changed over time. The talent now has more power than they used to is what we're seeing now. And so now we fast forward. Let's go back. We, we go to Pat McAfee's show today. Five minutes of opening. And then he spends about two minutes on the situation. And it was incredible because what he said – he, pr- he pretty much outlined that he reports to the following. It's Bob Iger is the CEO of Disney. Jimmy Pitaro is the CEO of ESPN. Burke Magnus, which is head of programming and content, is the number two at ESPN. And essentially, he didn't say this outright, but the implication is that Norby Williamson is the number three person at ESPN. And Pat said... We have a great relationship with Jimmy. We have a great relationship with Bob Iger. Burke Magnus, we love Burke. He spent time talking about Burke. He even said Burke was in the suite with him taking in the Colts game. 
So how about that for a fucking body blow to Norby Williamson? Where Pat McAfee goes, hey, Norby, I'm first of all, I'm on air right now. And I can say whatever I want. And I got the back of the three people above you in the company. Your direct report, Burke Magnus. Burke's boss had a VSPN, Bataro. And then Bob Iger had a VSPN, had a Disney. That's laying it fucking down. That was incredible. And then I thought what was even better than that is he doubled down in the comments. He said, I'm not apologizing. I feel the way I do. We're going to have people at ESPN that don't like us. Incredible. And what Pat talked about on the show today, a couple of comments, was what I had mentioned in the first part. So in episode 56, the initial reaction to this, I had said that the reason this is coming to coming to a head now is ESPN, their cable TV business used to be growing 10, 12, 15% a year. Now it's flat. It's the changing economics of the industry. That's a huge adjustment to make. It was growing 15% when Bill Simmons had an unlimited check, basically, to go build out Grantland. And kudos to Bill did a great job of doing it. He just couldn't keep it together, couldn't keep his mouth shut when he needed to. But even Bill Simmons had to apologize after he was suspended various times. So the changing industry has made ESPN flat. And so there's a need to develop growth outside of cable TV. Pat McAfee is that person developing growth outside of cable TV. Now, he came expensive, and we don't know if the deal is going to work out or not. It's $85 million over five years, and that's probably not just Pat. You got a whole crew of people that work with him. So it's a bet that... Presumably, Norby didn't like that bet. And Norby was going to try to tank that bet that ESPN made by doing his usual behind-the-scenes callouts. Leaks, it isn't coming from Norby, but really it is. And this has been an open secret. So following my recording of the podcast... Check out my Twitter account because I I literally searched Norby Williamson and went back throughout the entire history of Twitter. I know some people are going to say, Tribe, you're insane. What are you doing that for? But this is a meaty, juicy, red meat story that I'm sinking my fucking teeth into. And what develops... And what follows from looking at all the Norby Williamson tweets is the top sports media people, whether that's awful announcing, sports TV ratings, Richard Deitch, everybody, it's an open secret that Norby Williamson does this and everybody knows it's to Andrew Marchand. And so that's what's so fascinating is what, what Pat McAfee did, everybody in the sports media business knows this. This is an open secret that Norby uses mouthpieces in the media to drive home an agenda to benefit him. But for whatever reason, and it's probably because Norby's a high up guy in the company, 
nobody's ever challenged this guy on it. So that's why what Pat did was so incredible. Now, let's take that background and context and bring it back to today's show. Because what Pat said is there's an old guard and there's a new guard. And the new guard, that's me. We're doing great. The old guard, they don't like it. I think he even said old hag. Hilarious. Can't think Norby's going to be happy with that one. So Pat framed it a little differently than I did. I framed it as there's higher risk and lower risk programming. And Norby likes lower risk, meat and potatoes, non-personality driven sports center and cheap. And Jimmy Pitaro and Burke Magnus and Bob Iger right now prefer higher risk, personality driven, more expensive, but also more potential revenue, Pat McAfee-esque TV shows. The other thing that Pat said, which I thought was hilarious, is... And let's give context for this because Andrew Marchand's article said the cable TV viewership of the Pat McAfee show is in decline. They said first take gets, I'm using approximate numbers here, 500,000 viewers and that drops to 300,000 for the Pat McAfee show. And that 300,000 is actually less than SportsCenter in the year ago period. And what the ESPN release the next day said, and what Pat talked about is, well, that 300,000 that we have on cable TV, we got another 400,000 online on YouTube. And so what Pat said today is that, oh, I said something on the YouTube hour the hour we're not on ESPN, the ESPN Plus, and nobody watches that. So I was surprised that it got out, obviously being facetious and making light of the situation that Marshand and Norby talking through Marshand didn't report the YouTube numbers. Now, what's the actual truth of the matter here? It's gray because on one hand, if you're looking at the linear network and you're saying – McAfee's dropping 40% from first take. That isn't great. I completely agree with that. But I think there also needs to be context for a lot of people are just going to watch this online. And so the YouTube, we don't know the exact financials of the deal, but certainly, presumably, given that McAfee didn't previously have the show on ESPN and was making even more money at FanDuel, only doing a YouTube show, one can guess that the YouTube is making a lot of money, having all those viewers every day. I mean, that that's that's a lot for sure. And for hours a day. Okay. So another thing that Pat McAfee said, he said, look, there's a misconception out there that I'm doing this to get fired. Nothing could be further from the truth. I love ESPN. I want to make it work here. We love it here. And then he he stands up and points to the people in the back, the people behind the camera. And he goes, I love the people that I've worked with behind the camera that make it work. ESPN has been an amazing home because of that. So he said all the right things. So I think, look, for, for how to judge this, this is incredible. And, I, and I'll say a couple more things before declaring what, what I think uh, is 
you can probably guess at this point because I'm probably even putting in the title. But okay, so Pat McAfee does this. He calls out Norby Williamson. Everybody at ESPN knows who Norby Williamson is. Okay. So what happens after that? Well, they're broadcasting from the championship, the site of the championship game. This is a huge moment, huge night for ESPN because this is one of their premier sporting events of the year. This is huge for them, the national championship game. So who is Pat McAfee's first guest? Why it's Stephen A. Smith. Only the probably top personality at ESPN. It's between Pat and Stephen A. I say Stephen A. probably defines ESPN more than anybody else does these days. It used to be Bill Simmons back in the day. You could argue at times it's been maybe the PTI guys have had a moment there. Previously, it might have been Stuart Scott, who, Norby Williamson, hilariously, at least per Wikipedia, did not like him saying booyah, hilariously. So that kind of tells you that that just perfectly fits in with all of what else we're hearing about Norby, that that statement right there. So Stephen A comes on. CJ Stroud comes on. Right after that, what else do we have? We have Kirk Herbstreet. Great. We've got Adam Schefter. Wow. Okay. Adam Schefter comes on. Right. So we, we've got all of these massive ESPN names coming on to the show today. And by doing that, they are essentially admitting and okaying that what Pat McAfee did calling out the number three guy at ESPN, that was totally fine. And so that's why I declare a W. I declare Pat McAfee winning. Winning this round, from public perception, it might even be a 10-8. It's at least a 10-9 in boxing terms. This was this was a fucking potential knockout. So, so Pat McAfee's won for now because he's... Still on ESPN, still doing a show. He's still on the college football show. He's getting on all these amazing ESPN guests. And he basically tells off Norby Williamson again without using his name. Explains why Norby doesn't like him because he's old school. And says Norby's never going to like me. And then says, hey... Doesn't fucking matter because I got Burt Madness, ESPN's number two, Jimmy Pitaro, ESPN's number one, and Bob Iger, Disney's number one. I got all three of those guys in my corner. So fuck off, Norby. It's basically what he said. Didn't say it exactly, but that's what he implied. And then we go back to, well, why did Pat McAfee come out? And, and this leads to Norby might have gotten sloppy here. Because he didn't totally know who he was going against. And there were, there have been tweets about Norby getting sloppy with leaks to Andrew Marchand before. If you scroll through Twitter, there's leaks about that, which is interesting. And this time, he met his match because Norby leaks on Thursday. On Friday, Pat knows... Pat knows... This is a prearranged. This is a prearranged plan. He's going to go to 
the Colts game with Burke Magnus in the suite. And that was televised by ESPN. That was the Saturday Monday Night Football game. And then he knew that on Monday he would be traveling to the national championship game. So what? They're going to fire McAfee before then? They're going to suspend him ahead of all these things? No, he knew he was going to be able to get the chance to talk to Burke Magnus, ESPN's number two. And he knew that he was a huge part of the programming that ESPN was going to put on for the championship game. And how many people is he drawing to his show, too? It benefits his show. So it was a it was a strike by Norby to set a narrative prior to a, a ratings drop by McAfee. But McAfee observed the landscape and said, I can, I can pop a shot right back with perfect timing and he did and now i mean is pat mcafee untouchable espn's not going to suspend him he does his show he calls him out again he doubled down nothing's going to happen i mean i had the tweet about this today but bill simmons must be looking at this going unfucking believable norby was a bill simmons nemesis for years bill bitched about him behind the scenes Maybe you should have called them out in front of the scenes. Now, again, ESPN was in a different situation. It maybe maybe never would have worked, but imagine Bill Simmons going on NBA Countdown Live and saying, you know, hey, we're the only reason that we're we have a bad show compared to inside the NBA is Norby Williamson won't let us talk more on the show. Our halftime show has to be five minutes total. And we have to throw at the sports center. We got guys like Norbert Williamson saying we can't have an inside the NBA type show. I mean, that's the equivalent here. And I think I think everybody pretty much thinks that Simmons would have been thrown off the show if he said that. I mean, remember that stage steal? Can I do I get the talk now? Is a big deal. So Pat doing what he did, it was a bold play, but it looks like it was a total win. Now, after this, what's gonna happen? So Norby's been embarrassed. I think what probably is gonna happen going forward. As I bet you the higher-ups at ESPN said to Norby, look, it's an open secret. We know you leak this. You know, we, we know that you're doing this. And we're not going to tell you to stop doing everything. But what we are going to say is stop leaking Pat McAfee show numbers. And we'll see if, if that was said and if it does happen. But I think that is – I think the irony here is that Pat made life worse for Norby with his statement than if he didn't say anything at all. I don't think anything that happened to – I don't think anything is going to happen to Pat, and I think it's only going to be Norby getting an issue, which is funny because Bill Simmons had a funny tweet talking about the NFL lines this week, and he said – He's taking Norby minus 7.5 over Pat. And so obviously I think like people know what minus 7.5 means. Minus 7 means you're a pretty solid favorite, a touchdown favorite, and then you add the the 0.5 to, to really drive it home. When you're guessing, I guess the lines with those guys. So 7.5 is a pretty, pretty uh pretty solid favorite. And uh Bill is laying the points with Norby. And he's had experience with Norby before. But Bill, 
It's a different ESPN than when you were there. A lot different, a lot weaker ESPN, a lot weaker ESPN. So personalities like yourself actually have a better chance of uh, of surviving there if they're bringing in the numbers, which it, which it looks like uh, Pat McAfee's doing. So pretty incredible stuff. I, I just absolutely had to comment on this again because I thought Pat handled the show absolutely beautifully. Absolutely beautifully. And I want to close the show today because I want to, I want to show and, and read off some research that I did, which uh, really was just searching the Norbert Williamson on Twitter as I did before. So the ringer actually, th- this got some interesting, uh, This people liked this one. The ringer did an oral history on Stuart Scott. Didn't include the Booyah quote, but uh, I'll summarize this where it's John Skipper, Susan Scott, and Norby Williamson were interviewed. Well, for everybody was interviewed for this, but Brian Curtis is the author who gives the quotes back to back. Skipper says, yeah, not everybody liked what Stewart was doing in the beginning. Susan Scott says, Norby wrote him up, challenges scripts. It was awful. People really don't know how awful it was. Stewart was desperately frustrated. And then Norby comes in right after and these are different interviews conducted, put together for an oral history, and says, Stuart Scott is a top five honor talent. I was honored and grateful to call him a friend. We challenge each other, encourage each other, and learn from each other like millions of sports fans. I miss him. So this is the kind of guy that Norby is. If these statements are accurate, behind the scenes, Norby was sabotaging Stu Scott. But in the front... Norby's saying he, lo- he loves the guy and they worked well together. So this is what we were putting up with. I also want to talk Jason Whitlock. I know a lot of people don't like the guy. He's very controversial. Said some very controversial takes. Certainly in the last couple of years, but th- for his whole career. But certainly this guy, you know, he's, he's throwing down some takes that uh, – I, he's one of the few people who is going to be throwing down these takes. Let's just say that. So I thought he had a very interesting take on this. He said, I like Norby. He's smart and right about a lot of things. I probably side with McAfee in this dispute, however. It's the exact scenario I experienced in my second stint with ESPN. Skipper hired me. His underlings, Cosner and King, sabotaged me. Cosner was a clever chess player. He used delay tactics and the head of HR to prevent me from hiring anyone for a year. King handled the dead spin manipulation. Corporate media is a cesspool of backstabbing. It's Game of Thrones. I naively thought my work could protect me. I was late to realize nobody cared about the work. So again, take it or leave it with Whitlock. Take it with a grain of salt or lots of grains of salt or a small salt mine, whatever you want to do. But he's saying that he, the position he was in was that a very high up guy at ESPN, which in this case would be John Skipper, the either the head of content at that time or the CEO of ESPN at that time, wanted wanted Whitlock back, but two people that were Whitlock's boss under Skipper didn't want him back and undermined him to various degrees. Now, interestingly, Whitlock is saying that he was hit from both angles. He was hit inside the company because he couldn't hire anybody. Again, we don't know for sure 
that's just what Whitlock's saying. And he was hit outside with leaks. And if you remember, I think it was Greg Howard. There was that massive piece on Whitlock that if you read the piece and believe the piece, Whitlock is this gigantic asshole. And he might well be. I'm just, I don't, no one knows the true facts. But that piece painted him in a terrible light about his website. And basically it was, it was one of those pieces it was like when Chris Licht got written up in the uh, Atlantic, I think. Some, some, or maybe it wasn't the Atlantic, but some, some, uh, I think it was the Atlantic. Some online paper magazine did a huge article on Chris Licht for a year and a half, former head of CNN, and then immediately once that came out, he was fired because it poured him in such a bad light. It looks like the same thing happened to Whitlock. So that was interesting. Um, Sage Steele comes up here. Sage Steele, she has a the, – the, the strong emoji when Pat McAfee tweeted out a Scarface video on Saturday morning. So Sage Steele certainly is, uh, is probably aware of, of Norby here and is cheering on Pat McAfee. So add that to the list here. Why might Bill Simmons not like Norby? Norby was the guy behind the decision. This is this is what Tribe does for you guys. I went all the way back. A Richard Deitch tweet from July 7th, 2010. LeBron's reps brought the decision idea to ESPN late last week. Says, says ESPN's Norby Williamson. This, this is a quote from Norby. LeBron's people requested Jim Gray be interviewer. So Norby is the guy running point on the decision. And Bill's nowhere to be found. That's why he's pissed. That's why he hates that. Uh, tweet from 2018. ESPN executive Norby Williamson announces NBA countdown is moving to a new studio. Also, ESPN's The Jump is expanding to an hour in March. So at least in 2018, Norby was overseeing NBA for ESPN. So could Bill and Norby have butted heads if Norby was a high up exec? potentially even overseeing NBA on ESPN when Simmons was doing countdown was doing the draft. Absolutely. And if you remember, and I just learned this, I must not have either, either remembered this or I never read the original article. Bill was about to do his third NBA draft and he was threatened to pull out of the NBA draft as, as like a last ditch effort to stay at ESPN. So that would have been funny if it was Norby. So, yeah, a few a few more things here. Richard Deitch, who's very plugged in at ESPN Media Guy, says, Norby Williamson is a longtime ESPN exec. He runs SportsCenter now. He survived more management changes than Jamie Lannister. <laughs> so, and this is in 2018. We're in 2024 now, so this guy's been doing this uh, a lot here. Richard Deitch, 2018. When human civilization ultimately ends, I am convinced Norby Williamson will still have a senior management job at ESPN. Now, some of the younger folks might not remember this, or just people that don't follow sports media in general, but ESPN, since about 2015, every couple of years, massive rounds of layoffs. Because they have to do this, because as, as the cable TV revenue doesn't grow as much, or even starts declining... And as sports rights decline, you have to cut your operational expenses, which is which is talent. So the fact that Norby continues uh continues surviving pretty wild here. So 
this was interesting too. In 2019, this is a quote uh, Stephen A. said, ESPN does business in China. ESPN's in China. So is the NBA. Jimmy Pitaro, Connor Show, Norby Williamson, Bob Iger, Adam Silver. That's for them to handle. Um, that's for them to handle. So that must have been the – that was the Dara Mori comments in 2019. So according to Stephen A. Smith, who obviously is very plugged in at ESPN, Norby Williamson is one of the top guys at ESPN that has to deal with ESPN doing NBA. So that's pretty interesting. Another one, Nor- Norby got control of Outside the Lines and a few months after – the show was canceled, at least the Daily Show, which is interesting. So there's just uh, a lot of stuff here. Alex Sherman had a tweet from 2019. He says, Norby Williamson is seen as pushing a pro sports center agenda while others want to take more risk. And so that's exactly, exactly what I said at last pod and what McAfee basically said today. And that, that's the name of the game. That That's exactly what happened. And Norby was just kind of the guy that doesn't want to deal with the major talent. Also, more tweets. Uh, so basically, somebody, somebody tweeted, I'm not over ESPN Radio's sudden and traumatic breakup with, with Mike Golick. And somebody responds to her, email Norby Williamson and let him know. So apparently, Norby is... Uh, not apparently he was the guy who forced go look out. There was another one for Katie Nolan. So a different person here, different, everybody different involved. So somebody goes, somebody responds to somebody and says, Kate, like there is a positive uh, tweet about Katie Nolan and somebody goes, yeah, she's really uh, talented, brings so much to ESPN, like being sarcastic. And then uh, the person goes, do you need some water for that saltiness? And then uh, the, the tweet is, nah, She's just never on the network, it seems, other than being highly questionable. Trying to understand why she pulls down so much coin there compared to some of the other uh, much-used underpaid talent is all. Fill me in. So this person says, give me a minute to find Norby Williamson's email, and you can direct that complaint to him directly. So... It, it, it sounds like Norby Williamson has been running out every, running everybody out of town. Jamel Hill, Michael Smith, Bill Simmons, Sage Steele, Katie Nolan, Dan Lebitard. The, the list goes on and on. Mike Golick. I mean, so, th- so this guy is strategically leaking to media and forcing all these people out there? It's kind of incredible. It's kind of absolutely incredible. And now speaking of the, the strategic leaking, this has been coup, I think. Uh, 2020. So there is a quote about ESPN's Norbert Williamson from Jim Miller, who's an ESPN historian, wrote uh, those guys have all the fun. So Jim Miller is saying, I've talked to Norby a couple times, but no, there are certainly journalists out there that he's more friendly with. And we can certainly see that Helen Keller can figure that one out again. Open, open secret, December 2020. People are saying this. Now, another one here, speaking of the leaking. So, Carrie Potts, PR stops at ESPN and NCAA, uh, 20,000 followers. 
So Andrew Marchand in August 2021 says Stephen A. Smith wants to form ESPN Dream Team with Magic Johnson. Okay? Series of articles, which at the time, presumably, Nora Williamson is overseeing NBA Countdown. So Carrie Potts ha- quote tweets Andrew and says, this smells like a Norby Williamson special. The framing. The subtle trashing of colleagues. Okay, so as as early as 2021, there was, quote, a Norby Williamson special type of article being written, not by Norby, from somebody in the media that pretty much lines up with what happened with Pat McAfee? Pretty interesting, and willing to to um to put it out there. Now, I actually I quote tweeted that, and I said, "Note this is an Andrew Marshan story as well." So she responded to me. This was interesting. So, funnily enough, she goes, "That's right, I'm the OG." And so I said, "Love it. It's wild. It's been going on for so long." But I wanted to get more info, so I said. What do you think of McAfee calling out Norby by name? And this response, I think, is very interesting. She goes, I'm quoting, We all have to make the call on what feels right if something feels unjust. Saying hard things at a possible cost. Threshold is different for every person. So again, this goes back to what I've been saying for a while now, is that Norby met his match. Norby met a guy who was is has been very savvy in media who has seen these leaks be annoying and frustrating before who sniffed out the problem sniffed out the rat and who was bold enough to fucking call norby out who's who's ever bold enough to say to your boss's fucking face fuck you cuz that's what pat McAfee basically did he basically said a global fuck you to his boss and not only is McAfee's show still on there, he doubles down. He's at the College Football National Championship. He's interviewing John Harbaugh and Kalen DeBoer. He's, I mean, this doing everything. He's doing everything. So it worked. The, the kill shot worked. Now, what's also interesting, too, is what the relationship between Marshan and Pat McAfee's been. And I think I want to end on this because I thought this was very interesting. Very interesting. So basically in – I think we all remember how terrible the the Boogermobile broadcast was. It was Booger. It was Jason Witten. They both were terrible. The Boogermobile made it even worse. I mean this was just a complete joke. And – Andrew Marchand, okay, so first of all, Pat McAfee, it's January 4th, 2020, and Pat McAfee alludes to, he's referencing people hating on Booger and Jason Witt and calling the game, and Pat McAfee goes, hey, my Monday nights are free in the fall this year. And now, interestingly enough, that could have been referring to the game, but it had a double meaning of potentially referring to WWE 
I think it's Raw that's on Monday nights or was on Monday nights, that McAfee was in contract with them. So Andrew Marchand, Hall Monitor Marchand. I don't want to be no, I don't want to be too mean to Marchand because he's does have great sports media insights, although now it's looking a little bit we're seeing why he might have better sports media insights if he is leaking strategically for Norby Williamson. And in exchange, Norby can give him uh, some some meat, some red meat, some juicy, juicy meat from time to time. So Andrew Martian quote tweets Pat and says, this is uncool to tweet about a colleague's job. Now, you can look at this a couple of ways because on one hand, it wasn't a direct shot at the job. And on the other hand, Pat McAfee, when he responded, said, colleagues, an interesting way to describe my contract with ESPN. I have more of a contract with WWE than I do ESPN. And frankly, I'm not even sure what Pat even was doing for ESPN at the time. I think he was announcing maybe one or two games a year for them. And more like one of the final games of the year and it's kind of like a joke third guy in the booth, I think. I don't think... I don't think it was – I don't think people legitimately believed that Pat McAfee would be announcing NFL games. I, re- I truly do not. And so Andrew says, if you are sincere in your interest in Monday Night Football, it is 100% uncool to tweet interest in a job held by someone else, no matter the clauses in your contracts. You called football games on ESPN this season. And so Pat says, thanks for the breakdown of what's cool and uncool, Andrew. I feel like I've sincerely learned something here. I have a good one, man. So I look at this and go, I think Marshan could have cooled it. I don't think Marshan needed to tweet that. There, were, What was the upside from tweeting that? And it wasn't a direct shot at the job either. It was a joke that could have... Part of the reason it was funny was because it could also be applied to Monday Night Football. Oh, and Reese Davis was also on uh, the show today. Uh, Pat McAfee show. So I'll close it with this. I'll close it with this. As I'm sitting here and Pat McAfee is front and center on college game day. Front and center, baby, on college game day. Pat McAfee won this round. He won. He came at the king, and he didn't fucking miss. And now Norman Williamson's got to do some soul-searching. And if he does want to strategically leak again, he has to be very cautious and very smart about it. And every single Marchand article from now on that has something ESPN-related in that article... We're going to be screw. Everybody's going to be scrutinizing that immensely. So I can't wait. I think this is one of the more fascinating sports media stories in years. It's gotten all these former personalities from ESPN having comments, and by comments I mean Twitter emojis can count as a comment, but that's enough. That does count as a comment because that's winking and nodding at what happened. And I think it's very important to note 
no one took Norby's side. No one fucking took Norby's side. The only person that could theoretically be seen as taking Norby's side, and he didn't, but the only person would be Bill just laying the seven and a half points on Norby over McAfee. And that are obviously that obviously was false because McAfee won and he's back on today. So incredible story. I'm loving every every second of it. I fucking dig this so hard. This is so much fun to think about and talk about and discuss with people. So hope you guys jo- enjoyed this one. And maybe there's even going to be a part three tomorrow. Who the hell knows? But hope you enjoyed this one and I think I think you guys are going to like if it lines up I think you guys are going to like what I've got in store for you for either Wednesday night or Thursday. So um keep uh keep your ears and eyes peeled for another episode but in the meantime cheers everybody and we'll see you soon.